Good evening and welcome to the local football show right here on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam and around the world at www.radioverulam.com. It's Tuesday the 25th of January and another busy week has come and has gone across our local football community. I'm Lewis Pears, a second year student studying sports business and sports broadcasting at the UCFB Wembley campus. And for the next hour, we're going to take you through all the latest news and headlines concerning our local teams. We'll also be looking ahead towards games that are coming up on the horizon and what a fantastic week it's been. We've seen local derbies as Bellstone and St Albans Reserve faced off in the Hearts Senior County League. We've seen the first league game in charge for Matt Day as Sandridge Rovers boss and in the Spartan League, Harpenden Town returned to winning ways. In the National League South, St Albans came back off their busy weekend to play a massive six-pointer at Clarence Park against Maidstone United, which I was lucky enough to attend. We'll also hear reaction from Ian Allenson in his post-match interview later on. Plus, Chris Tilling catches up with London Coney boss Jack Metcalf as we find out what his view is on the current state of affairs for his team as they move into the latter part of the season. We'll also have a chat with Ryan O'Donnell, the head researcher for the Football Manager computer game, who is in the process of completing a charity cycle ride around all 21 National League South grounds. And we'll also catch up this evening with Exton Albans media man and now podcaster Jake Ellicott, as Jake fills us in on his current view on the Saints run. So, all that and more in store this evening, right here on 92.6 FM Radio Verulam. But first of all... First and foremost, initial thoughts. How do you think that panned out for you today? Um, probably the toughest game we've had all season. Um, probably the best team we've played this season. I thought my players were outstanding today in the way they've had to dig in, defending numbers um, against the side that's full, full time. And the boys are tired now. They've put an unbelievable shift in. So that was a tough game. And uh, as I say, I felt, I felt they put a great shift in. And to come away with a point at the end of that, I'm over the moon. It would have been great to get free and we had a couple of chances late on once the game got stretched out. But I thought they were a proper team we played against today and it just shows you the level we've got to get to if we're going to compete in this league. Callum, first and foremost, tell us a little bit about that game for you because a number 10 for them, Jack Burham, was very, very lively. He was in and out and around you. How did you manage to keep track of him? Um, just like every other game, really. Just try your best, get tight, do the right things and hopefully goes your way really did he tie you out or did you tie him out <laughs> I hope so but he just kept running so it's tough so you just got to stay with him and try and do your best yeah and actually meeting them heads between yourself and uh, David Deheju what was that like working in that partnership because obviously it's not been as frequent yeah no Dave, all the boys Dave, Joy, Tom easy to work with We've got a good relationship so it's easy it's easy fantastic Ian you say that that's the best team you've played against this season what was it about them obviously full time makes a big difference but what was it about them that you was really impressed from a tactical point they've got a lot of experience in their team they've got players that have played in the league above they've got players that have played in this league for a long time um, as I say the three days a week makes a massive difference in terms of their fitness levels um, and, and they paid to a system that, that was difficult to play against they turned us very very early very quickly um, and you're always on, on, on pitches like this at this stage of the season under pressure to, to try and defend you your own goal um, it's difficult in terms of rolling the ball back to the goalie because obviously the balls are bobbling around 
Um, as I said earlier in the week, the pitches have changed, so you've got to try and change the system. They never allowed us to get in any sort of system in terms of us getting the ball down and passing it. Every time we, we tried to put two or three passes together, they broke it up, or, or they were on us like a rash, and uh, you know, a few of the boys in there, Johnny Goddards and the Zanes and the people like that who love to play football, just said there was no space, there was no time. Every time they got on the ball, they were they were challenged or they were put under pressure to, to move the ball quicker. And I felt all over the park, they pressed us really well, really high, really quickly. Um, left got digging. Uh, and as I said, you know, sometimes you, you have no right to win any game of football. Um, I just thought our commitment and our attitude today was absolutely outstanding. And, and the second half, the supporters were brilliant. They got behind us, tried to get us up the park. And uh, we had a couple of half chances late on, but it just wasn't good enough in the end. Callum, you, your interceptions today were fantastic. Your heading, your blocking, your clearance. How's your body feeling right now? It's hard. The game's come <laughs> thick and fast, and we've got another one Tuesday, so it's just about managing yourself and just trying to get through each game. Feeling fit, though? Yeah, no, feeling fine. A few niggles, but everything's fine. And what was it like with them corners? Because they had a lot, and yeah. there was heads, there was punching, there was a lot of bodies around. Yeah. How, how was it for you? Yeah, you just got to concentrate and just make sure the ball don't get in the net, so it's tough, but that's just one of them things. Ian, you talked a lot over the last couple of weeks about confidence, obviously compared to the 14-game run, unbeaten run you went on before the FA Cup and such. It looks like today you've started to try and sort of build some more confidence, drop momentum going forward into the next couple of games. We're unbeaten in three games in the league, Graham. Um, I think we've lost two games away from home all season. One of them was at Dorking in the last minute, and one of them was born with the FA Cup. And we've played seven games in the League Cup. We've played four in the, sorry, we played seven games in the league. We've played four in the FA Cup and the Trophy. Um, and teams have come here and made it really difficult for us. You know, we've got home form hasn't been as well as the right way form. So, you know, we've got we've got some tough away games coming up. You know, we've got some tough games against teams in and around us. The one thing you don't do is lose in games, um, which we haven't done today. Previous weeks, I think a couple of weeks ago, we'd have we'd have lost today, um, which we've managed to keep um, the clean sheet. We've managed to to win a game of football, and I've said it before. You know, we've conceded too many goals too many times in the last few weeks, and the boys that have come in have, have put their heads on the line, they put their necks on the line, they put their, their, their bodies on the line, and they deserved a clean sheet today. I thought Michael Johnson was, was back to his best today. He's had to make some really big big saves, but it's, it'd be wrong for me to pick anybody individually today because I felt from, from Sean at the front to everybody um, have, have put a real shift into defending numbers um, and, and to keep the clean sheet. We know we can play better. We know we've got players in here that are good footballers um, but first and foremost you have to you have to earn the right to win a game of football as I keep saying. You've, you've got to stop the momentum of goals going in and then you build your confidence from that run beating in three games. If you look at it, the poor result against uh, Chesant um, last week is it's really the one blip we've had in probably the last five games so built from that and we've got to make sure that we uh, we go to Chipping on Tuesday night again you know, we've got to make sure we come away there with at least a, at least a point if we get all three points I'll be over the moon uh, and we've got a long way to go we're not even halfway through the season yet mm. long long way to go teams will get stronger as I've said before we need we need to freshen up maybe one or two areas but we need to make sure that the right players at the right time for the right for the right revenue in terms of you know not paying overpriced money for people so you can 
see what what Maidstone have got. You know, they're a, they're an ex football league side. They're an ex national mm. league side who are very good in this conference now. And there's been a number of teams like that already. And we've got to make sure that we we try to strive to be like them um, because we, we we need to try and get the additional days training. We need to try and get the additional experience in here as well um, because it's tough when it's done today how good they are. But as I keep saying, it you know these boys are fantastic today, and you know proud to. So just say to him, well done, nil nil, and uh, people should mm. think he should be looking to win a game, but that was tough today, and he's mm. really quite shifted for me and the club today. Mm. Thanks for your honesty, and, and Callum, enjoy your ice bath. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Take care, thanks no, guys. A big thank you, as always, to Ian Allenson for his comments. His side are taking on Chippenham Town away from home this evening and are then back at Clarence Park against Slough Town this Saturday. As mentioned right at the beginning of the show, Ryan O'Donnell, head researcher from the Football Manager Computer Game, was at Clarence Park on Saturday as he completed the St Albans leg of his charity cycle ride across all 21 National League South grounds. Radio Verulam presenter Robbie Dove caught up with him. So I'm here at Clarence Park after an eventful nil-nil, I think that's fair to say, and I'm thrilled to say I'm joined by Ryan O'Connell, who has cycled here all the way from Crawley. Uh, welcome to Clarence Park, welcome to Radio Verulam. First of all, enjoy the match. Yeah, it was really good. It, as you say, it was really entertaining. There was quite a lot going on in both halves. Shame there wasn't a goal, um, and it's the first nil-nil I've been to this season, but yeah, really enjoyable game. Fantastic. So the first nil-nil you've been to this season, I'm guessing you've been to quite a lot of football because you are crazy, enthusiastic, energetic. You've been, you're going to be cycling to every single National League South um, stadium this season. Is that correct? Yeah, that is correct. As uh, part of my role as head researcher for National League South for the Football Manager series, uh, I have to go to every ground. Uh, I've got to watch a lot of games and uh, this season I've decided to cycle there. Fantastic. So you're cycling. You know, you, I read um, something that you wrote. And you, you're not the world's biggest cycler, are you? You're not a bit. You know, you said that you won't be cycling up and down Box Hill. Uh, no, that's absolutely right. I love cycling as a mode of transport, getting from A to B. I still can't quite get into cycling just for the fun of it. Um, so, yeah, I'm definitely not a big cyclist. Uh, having said that, I've done 65 miles today, so hopefully that's enough. How was that? How long did that take? Tell me about the challenges of that. Well, uh, I don't really want to reveal how long it took. No, it took, uh, it took uh, five and a half hours of total cycling time. I had to set off at about half seven this morning. And, um, yeah, I try and avoid hills wherever possible. They're definitely not just energy sapping, but morale sapping. Um, and, uh, yeah, but I really enjoyed the cycle. It was great to get here. What's the furthest you've either been or you're yet to go to? Well, the furthest I've been, uh, I've been to both Hungerford Town and Oxford City. They were both about 80 miles. Um, but the final game of the season is the big one. It's Bath City, it's 140 miles, and I don't think I'll be able to do that in one day. That's going to be two separate legs. That is really impressive. So tell me, why are you doing this? Well, there's two reasons I'm doing this. Uh, the first is I, I, I want to do my bit for sustainability within football. Um, you know, obviously I, I go to a lot of games, so I'm trying to be environmentally conscious. Um, uh, and the second reason is to raise money for Prostate Cancer UK, uh, a really great charity. 45 men, uh, uh, sorry, one man dies every 45 minutes from prostate cancer. Um, so it's really important to raise awareness and, and raise money. Do you know how much you've raised so far and what your target is? Well, the target is 2,000, and we may have actually broken that target today here at St Albans wow. City. Come on, you saints. <laughs> um, OK, now, if anyone's listening to this here on Radio Verulam and is interested in uh, donating to such a brilliant cause, how can they do so? Uh, the Just Giving page, uh, justgiving.com forward slash the cycling researcher, is uh, how to donate. 
And if anyone wants to follow you on social media in your travels, do you uh, update that at all? Uh, I certainly do. You can follow me on uh, Twitter, NLSTube. Uh, and if you want to watch any of the videos from the cycles, uh, you can just search for The Cycling Researcher on YouTube. Lovely. That all sounds great. Uh, Ryan, where are you off to next? Uh, next week, I'm off to Billericay uh, to watch the Billericay versus uh, Dorking game. It's a fairly similar journey of about 65 miles. This time, I'll be going on one of the cable cars over the Thames. So, oh, wow. po promises to be a real treat. Fantastic. Well, I wish you the very, very best of luck. I'm sure you're going to smash your target. You probably already have done. Um, thank you for coming on to talk to us here at Radio Verulam today. I wish you all the very, very best. Sounds like you're doing something amazing for, uh, for Prostate Cancer UK. Thank you, Ryan. Cheers. Thank you very much. A big thank you to Robbie for the interview and good luck to Ryan in the remainder of his challenge. We're going to pause for a second, but when we return, we'll be focusing on the Hearts Senior County League and London Colney FC's campaign in the Spartan South Midlands Division. Find us on social media as RB Football and on 92.6 FM from St Albans. This is the voice of local football. Jack Metcalf has been in charge of London Colney for nearly a year now and in that time the club has definitely seen an improvement in their form. Currently sitting mid-table however, there is still work to do. Chris Dillon caught up with Jack to get his take on how 2022 has shaped up from a football perspective so far for the Blue Boys. Right, I'm now with Jack Metcalf from London Colony doing a quick catch-up. We haven't spoken for a few weeks and uh, he's um, just jumped in his car. So, how uh, hey, you getting on, Jack? <laughs> yeah, good. Just stuck in a bit of traffic, actually. But, uh, yeah, all good. Still, uh, still got a smile on my face and still working hard. So, oh, yeah, keep, uh, keep going. Excellent. Well, I know there's, um, you've got a few things that's uh, been going on down there and um, it's been, you know, lots of, I suppose there's some news and you've got players. It's just after Christmas. COVID seems to come to an end. Apparently that's gone. Um, and so we're back into uh, cold, potentially miserable uh, January, February. But what are, what's, um, how's that looking for you? What's the, what's the forecast for the next few weeks? Yeah. I mean, Christmas come at the wrong time for us. We was on a we was on a really sort of good run, um, and then we had we actually had some some COVID cases which um, which, which sort of decimated our squad a little bit. So we had the Harpenden original game called off, and the week before we we played a game because we had the numbers against Alsey, but we were short. Um, so it sort of it, it sort of stopped our momentum a little bit, and then we had a, a, a really long break up until the eighth of January. So yeah. It's, been a, it's been an up and down period. Um, it gives people time to think um, over when when you have a lot of when you have a lot of time off. So I'm a little bit. I'm, I'm, I'd like to just bounce into game to game and training to training, um, and and sort of just get on with it that way. But yeah, we're, we're looking forward. We've got a local derby at Harpenden um, on Saturday, so we, we've got a few come back in from from injuries. We're hopeful of signing. Uh, two or three this week, so so yeah, we're, we'll be ready to go come Harpenden, and I'm I'm really looking forward to it. So well, actually, so Harpenden, obviously that's quite um, you know, we've seen players come and come and go from come from Colney Heath over to to Harpenden, and then they've gone elsewhere. So it's quite a heavy turnover then of players moving around locally at, at the moment. Is that sort of usual this time of year? Do you know what? I, I I come to the Spartan about four four years ago as a player. And I couldn't believe the turnover. I didn't think it was real. Like it, it just seemed like people were moving around every sort of five minutes. Um, so yeah, it's normal. Um, the way I've seen it, it's normal. Um, but 
it 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 does. How can I put it? It's it's normal, but it, it's not ideal when you're trying to build a settled squad. Yeah. Um, so it it sort of works both ways, but in terms of in terms of football, there's always change and people move on and and, and yeah. But no, really looking forward to Harpenden. I love a local derby. Um, just they're the games you want to be involved on. I just just wish I could still play. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. So in terms of your squad numbers, then how how are you doing? Obviously, you said. COVID did have an impact, and we, it's still here, obviously. And I guess it's that you just don't want that call to you on that Saturday morning that says, "Oh, you know, Jack, I've got a positive." So tested positive, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, well, we, we've had we've had that actually. We, we've tried to be as safe as possible as a club, and um, and with all that sort of the procedures at the club, um, training nights and, and changing rooms and things like that. And we have asked the players to sort of. As and when they can, the best the best they can to, to test yeah. lateral flow and things like that. Um, and we have had a few of that actually in sort of um, in sort of the last couple of weeks. Sort of Saturday morning, just getting phone calls saying, um, "Jack, I've tested positive." It's, it's difficult. It's really difficult because you feel like you've got your team on a Thursday evening that you're working with, and and I'm a big sort of advocate on working on shape and and setting my teams up and making them structured, and then Saturday morning you've got to change. Yeah. And it, it is really difficult. Um, but, but no, we've, yeah, we've had some change. We've lost um, Mickey, Mickey Shuttleworth to, um, to Alsey. He's decided to, to go up the road to Alsey, which, which is a loss for us, but we wish him well. Um, and, and, yeah, we're looking to bring one or two in, hopefully... Um, Hopefully this week, ready to go for Saturday. But as always, we've built a squad this year that are really competitive, are really competitive. And um, but what we have built is a small squad, and we need we need to add to some of the numbers because when we lose two or three, it really affects us. Um, so we need to just build on the numbers. Well, if any of the anybody else listening right now might be thinking, okay. They might as well just give you a call then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the phone's always on. It's never off. <laughs> well, uh, you've still got your, your, your bubble. You're still laughing, which is great. And um, how are you? Are you still keeping an eye on your, on your Spurs manager to see whether you're still picking up tips from, from Conte? <laughs> Do you know what? I, I, um, I love a 4 4 2. I do. The boys will tell you at Colney, I love a 4 4 2. And uh, I, I was really watching the Spurs yesterday um, in terms of the way they set up and how Conte sets up. But Tottenham are a little bit like... I, I, I looked at Tottenham, I, I was watching on the sofa and I thought, they look like a little bit like London Colney <laughs> in terms of they're so short in numbers and they're, they're, they're sort of playing full-backs in wide areas and in sort of like in midfield of, of, of a wide four. And it's like... That's sort of where we are. So it's sort of like getting the best out of a, out of this moment and sort of kicking on. But yeah, I love Conte. I, like, I think he's brilliant. I think he's looked a bit flat the last few weeks, though. I'll be honest. But hopefully he gets his spark back and yeah, he's oh. infectious. I love. I think he's brilliant. Well, so well, let's see. So you got Hartman this weekend. What's the following weekend? What's what games have you got so the following week? We've got we've got Harpenden this weekend and we've got Flatwell Heath. Um, Flatwell Heath at home on Tuesday. Uh, Sorry, on Saturday, and then Oxy the Saturday after away, right. I believe. Um, but I mean, it, it, again, it's 
I feel like we, we haven't had many games sort of in the last six to eight weeks. We, we must have only played about three times. So it's sort of trying to get trying to get some friendly games as well and hopefully play our 18s um, to try and get some match fitness. And, and yeah, but that, that's what we're looking at doing. Oh, good. Well, look, I don't want to hold you up. I know you're obviously travelling right now, um, but it's good to catch up with you again. Um, you know, we will we will definitely try and get down to London Colney very soon. Um, Brilliant, and see you see you personally. But it, the, the pitch is holding up then, I guess. You've had, we haven't had any snow, which is good. Um, no, so. the pitch is the pitch is uh, <laughs> pitch is doing doing the best it can. Brilliant, the best right, it buddy. can. That's in, well, that's well, right, yeah. I'll let you get on, and we will try Brilliant. and catch up. Well, we'll try and uh, catch up with you um, post uh, Harpenden next week. Uh, off, the, off the weekend and say hello and just find out what you thought went on get your, get your thoughts brilliant alright no Jack. problem see you soon thanks guys take care Bye-bye. on 92.6 FM from St Albans this is the voice of local football thanks to Jack and Chris hopefully things will continue to move in the right direction for the Blue Boys this season has seen a really competitive feel for our local sides involved in the Hart Senior County League Colney Heath Reserves Sandridge Rovers Bellstone and St Albans Reserves all find themselves in the upper half of the table. Last Saturday, St Albans Reserves travelled down to the Medbone ground in Radlett to face Aaron Lincoln's Bellstone side. Ollie Sasson reports. Today we've got a 1.30 kick-off at Bellstone's ground. It's between Bellstone versus St Albans City Reserves. It's the league match today. Both teams looking in good form. Of course, Bellstone haven't played in a long, long time. And St Albans have had quite a few games cancelled as well, unfortunately. But it looks to be a really good kick-off on a cold afternoon. The first half was one of many chances. St Albans City having quite a few cracks on goal, but nothing really threatening for the Bellstone goalkeeper. Whereas... Bellstone had a goal disallowed um, in the late, uh, late, late minutes of the first half, which could have shaped the second half of the game. But it was disallowed for a foul on the goalkeeper following a free kick. It was a good finish, actually. Good run to the near post, and he slotted it into the bottom corner. But the, the first half ended 0-0. In the second half, it was again an even contest. Quite a solid performance from both sides, with St Albans having a goal cleared off the line from an exceptional piece of defending where they lobbed, the striker lobbed the ball over the top, goalkeeper was stranded, and the Bellstone United defender rapidly sprinted back to clear it off the goal line with a superb uh, slide tackle. But they have a similar opportunity in, in the second half later on with a brilliant header from a corner. Now, Bellstone were extremely threatening from their set pieces today, and this was another example, as the header was brilliantly blocked from close range, and it was a bullet of a header as well. Brave defending. Later on, another another big moment in the game, but the referee made a big call yet again, um, denying and waving away any penalty appeal St Albans Reserves had and that was the second half summed up. And more chances, but neither team could take any. And it was nil-nil at the final score for both teams sharing a point. I'm here with Aaron Lincoln, manager of Bellstone United. Today they drew nil-nil with St Albans Reserves. And I've just got to ask, today your set pieces looked really, really good. I was wondering, is that something you've been working on in the training ground of recent weeks? Not recent weeks, we always are well organised from set pieces. It's a bit disappointing that you said they were really good, we didn't score from one. But we've got some big lads and we, we definitely work on them over the last 
four to six months, yeah. There was a disallowed goal, actually, from one of the set pieces just mm. before half-time. Mm. I was wondering what your opinion on the uh, referee's decision was. Well, I've got a good opinion because we watched it back, you know, and he, he definitely got it wrong. It was a goal, a bit of weak play from their goalkeeper, and I think the rest even said to the player he was a bit weak on it. It's just one of those things. You get them sometimes, you don't get them, you know? Yeah, and just finally, obviously, goalless today. Is that a concern with how many missed chances your team wasted? No, not at all. We haven't played a lot of football. We've played, I think, one game since December the 18th. So you can't expect, in January the 22nd, to be firing on all cylinders. It's just a long period of time, and uh, I think a different time we might have got one. I think the point's fair today. St Albans, a very well-organised team, um, well-coached, uh, some really good young players, and I just think it was. Uh, I think a point was a really good result for both teams. Thank you, Aaron. Thanks, mate. Thanks to Ollie, and great to hear from Aaron Lincoln, the Bellstone manager. Bellstone are building something very special down there and we love following them. Plus, it's great to see the young St Albans Reserve team flourish. Find us on social media as RV Football. Down here at the Recreation Ground, it's finished. Uh, Sandridge Rovers 5, Holliston Town Reserves 2. I'm with Matt Day. First game in charge, Matt, you must be pleased with that. Yeah, absolutely delighted to get off to a win in the start. And uh, our first half performance was uh, exceptional. 4-1 up at half-time. Um, really comfortable. Gave away a bit of a sloppy goal because we scored to start with and then straight up the other end from centre, they went and got a goal. So frustrating with that from a defensive perspective. But, you know, we then blew them away with some of our attacking play. Um, Danny Fitzgerald has just been, you know, fantastic in the middle there, linking all of our attacking play and Frankie Jowell as well. You know, two goals, two assists. You know, he was flying today. Um, second half, there was a red card for us, stupidly, uh, second yellow, um, and then that one of their players got sent off, um, and they had a bit of momentum at that point, and I uh, thought they were worthy of their goal that they got. But we got a fifth, Fitzy capped off a great performance with a goal, and then uh, they got one right at the death, um, but yeah, in complete control for most of the game, I'd say. But first competitive game, you've got to be pleased for that. Absolutely delighted, you know, I brought a couple of lads in, experienced players. Um, I knew they'd settle into the team and we've brought a couple of young lads in as well got electric pace so to get the pace in and around the side of the team with that experience is crucial for us and you didn't stop you didn't stop at all I mean 4-1 up you didn't stop trying to create as well going down the hill in the second half yeah I mean I, I told the lads at half time you know 4-1's great but I want them to get in you know I want them to be ruthless you know we don't want to stick at 4-1 we want more goals um, we should have got probably three or four more goals I felt uh, with our play but overall, yeah, really pleased. You know, first competitive game, as you say, you know, and, and they've really sort of, uh, you know, it's a great start. So we've set the bar. So that's uh, up to the lads now to keep it. Got a little bit nasty in the second half. And apparently the first half wasn't like that. And yeah. the second half just got a bit silly. I think, well, because we sort of dominated and went 4-1 up, they had to have a reaction in the second mm. half. And I, and I felt that, you know, they were sort of really up for it in the second half. And it was a bit niggly. I thought... I thought the referee probably could have controlled it a little bit better. Um, but our lad got a second yellow, rightfully so. You know, he's, he's stupidly gone in for a, a ball that he wasn't going to get. And, I, you know, I told him at half-time, be sensible. You don't need to go in for those sort of tackles. So once that sort of set the tone, it got a bit spiky. Um, and as I say, you know, at the end of the day, I told the lads in there afterwards that I felt that our discipline in the second half should have been better. We didn't need to get involved in it. 
But overall, we've you know we've seen the game out. You know, second half it is one-one in regards to the goal scored. So we're in control. Game one, three points on the board. And a great save from Declan. Well, we were in line with that. That it looked like it had gone past him. It's, it's reminiscent of David Seaman against Sheffield United. Yeah. For anyone yeah. that knows it, and, yeah. and to be honest, you know, I said again, I said to the lads in the changing room, it's all well and good with the with the result, but that keeper doesn't make those saves, and they were exceptional saves. Then it gets a little bit, it gets a little bit, you know, close to comfort in my eyes. But mm. Declan, you know, he's a young lad, and he's, he's played fantastically well. Yeah. Finally, you know, first couple of weeks here, how's it been? You brought players in. How have you settled? How's, how's it gone? Yeah, I mean, I know quite a few of the yeah. lads that are in the club already. Uh, I've, I've had a few battles with signed drovers over the years. Um, <laughs> it's a fantastic little club, you know. The pitch is out there. It's a bit bobbly for everyone, but it's the same. You know, it's the same for both teams. And yeah, so it's a good club. You know, I'm, I'm being here a couple of weeks and looking forward to the rest of the season. Right, good luck, Matt. We hope to follow you all the way. Thanks, so Johnny. Cheers, mate. The news, the views covering your teams. We're going to pause now for a quick break. When we return, Jake Ellicott will be with us chatting all things St Albans. From St Albans on 92.6 FM and online around the world, you are listening to the Radio Verulam Local Football Show. Jake Ellicott is the font of all knowledge when it comes to St Albans City FC and non-league football. After many years as part of the St Albans FC media team, he now writes for the non-league paper and is a podcaster on the Podful of Saints podcast. Johnny Seabrook caught up with him for a chat. Jake, welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show. How are you? Good, thank you, Johnny. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good here on a Tuesday night. So um, it's been a busy old week, football times. And what we thought we'd do is get you on just to sort of check up, have a bit of a check up on St Albans and where they're going. And we just said a good place to actually start is something that a lot of people have been saying... Where has it all gone wrong, or what? If you had to put your finger on a point where it's gone wrong, and it was when that full-time whistle went against Forest Green Rovers. Since then, it's been spluttering. Would you sort of agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. The Forest Green game was definitely, I think, so far the crescendo of the season. I'd say, you know, uh, after that, you know, we had, you know, we had a game against Dulwich Hamlet. The second half was some of the best football I've seen from the Saints. We lost the game, a bit unfortunate. You know, Michael Johnson went off, etc. We lost out there. But sort of since then, you know, we've had the win against Hampton. But apart from that, yeah. there's not been many highlights. And I think the thing, the standout thing for me and a lot of supporters is sort of the style of play has changed quite a bit since that Forest Green game. When you think Forest Green is really high tempo, high energy, going forward, attacking, you know, up to that season, that point, it had been like that. But since then, it's not quite happened, I think it's fair to say. And as, I think spluttering is almost the perfect phrase for it, you know. We've, we've got going, we've stopped, we've had defeats, we've, we've won again, we've had decent draws. So, yeah, it's, um, it's been a difficult two, three months for the Saints. Yeah, well, then again, being a football fan, it's not always plain sailing, is it? This, this is being a, you know, part of being a football fan. There will be lots of people, uh, I don't want to use the phrase, would have jumped on board the bandwagon, but would have come along in the build-up to the Forest Green game and think that everything is rosy, but the, this, is, this is what it's like, isn't it? So, so not, not just supporting St Albans, but supporting anything. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the thing, like, you know, Forest Green happened in, in November. It's really quite early in the season. You know, this season we're playing all the way through to May now because the season's been extended. And there's a lot of football to come. And as you say, you know, it's really not easy to be a football fan or a Snowden City fan 
you know, <laughs> these ups and downs are very common. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, there, there's always going to be, you know, peaks and troughs. Um, but, you know, this season as a whole has been very good because you've got to the second round of the FA Cup. We've beaten a football league side. You know, we haven't done that in how many years? You know, 60 odd years. We got to the fifth round of the FA Trophy. I think it's the first we've, we've probably got since our cup run in 99 in the trophy. You know, and the way we, we lost Chesham was very disappointing. But again, that's a really good run in the trophy. And in the league, you're only a couple of points off the playoffs and you've got games in hand on pretty much everyone above you. It's two to three, at least, on most sides above. So, you know, at the start of the season, if you were going to offer us this at this point, I think most Saints fans would have bitten your hands off. Yeah, this is this is true, and it is. You're right. It's looking at the bigger picture and not just focusing on you know on the glory. And I remember Ian saying at the time, "We're not going to win the FA Cup," you know. And the reality is, we we, we didn't. And but you've got to. Perhaps the ultimate goal is um, getting promotion. And now they've got nothing to stand in the way of that, have they? No, they haven't at all. That's the thing. The schedule is freed up now, and because of the Saints' runs in the Trophy and Cup, there's a lot of league games to come. The next couple of weeks, you know, it's almost going to be sort of Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. The next, well, there's going to be a lot of games, and that run is there to be had now. We've got no distractions out of the County Cup as well after a, a battling defeat against Hitchin from the young lads last Tuesday, um, and you know that's the main bread and butter. It's a huge cliche, but is the league and you know Ian Emerson knows how to get promotion from this division and he'll be hoping that he can get you know a top seven finish and the league this season isn't particularly strong I don't think apart from one or two stand outside like a Dorking etc and even Maidstone who we faced on Saturday um, but apart from those two I think a top five top six finishing place could be there for the Saints if they can just convert some of these draws to wins and try and avoid any sort of sloppy defeats yeah, and it, once you get into that top seven, it just becomes a cup competition, doesn't it, really? And it is just about getting... I mean, it'd be nice to have the semi, but actually a lot of... Some people have said to me, Jake, that... Wait, I know we were talk, talking a little bit earlier about this, but it's good to have that sort of first game and not just go into the semi cold, you know, so you've got that build-up game. But uh, there we are. But now, listen, you mentioned about the style of football. Perhaps it's changed. And I chatted to somebody yesterday um, when I turned up um, at the game who said that the football... they. They, there was a little bit of questioning, first of all, about the select, about the um, the lineup with no Lancashire in there, and starting um, perhaps with Dave Diageo at centre back. Were you surprised when you saw the lineup on Saturday? A little bit, yeah. I was surprised to see Tom Bender start. You know, he's had a little a while since he's, you know, he's had he had quite a bit of time off over Christmas with COVID, etc. Thankfully, he's doing better now. Um, but you know, Alex Lancashire, he has started at left back. You know. Maybe the last again couple of months his form maybe slightly dropped off, but I think the whole mm. team has. Um, so it was surprising, I think, to see Bender, you know, start. But fair enough. I mean, Dijou at centre half, he played there again at Monday night at Chelmsford. Seems he seems to be Ian's preferred partner for Callum Adebayo at the minute. But yeah, that style of play, there's a, it's a lot more direct than Route One at the minute. Um, clearly going to Sean Jeffers to try and hold up the ball and get others linking up, whereas beforehand, you know, up that Forest Green game and just afterwards, there's a lot of football on the ground, there's front forward really interchanging, etc. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly gone more direct at the minute, and I think somewhat it's to do with Ian just wanting the side to look stronger and just have a bit more fight, I think. But also stuff like the pitches, you know, the weather is turned now, the pitches are a bit harder, they're not quite as fast as they were, they're not quite as slick. 
And I think that some of the players as well, you know, the likes of Lancashire, they do need a rest. Um, I know that one player that was on the bench yesterday and came on that a few were surprised by was Zane Banton. You know, he scored two against Hitchin on yeah. Tuesday night. And I thought he came on against Maidstone. I thought he almost changed the game himself. He caused Maidstone a lot of issues. So, But then it's good that Ian's got these options to bring in and make changes to the team. Yeah, of course. Now, um, looking ahead, I mean, tonight uh, they're away at Chippenham Town. And then it's Slough, and then Haven and Waterlooville. The games are coming thick and fast. Ebb's Fleet, mm. and then Concord. There's some sort of toughish games as well coming up. They really are. And those tough games, a bit like Maidstone League on Saturday. If you can avoid defeat, then it's going to be a decent result. The likes of Haven, you know, Ebb's Fleet, etc. If you can get a point, pick up a point, you know, against those on the road, I think it would be happy days for the Saints. But interestingly, the away form for the Saints this season... It's quite a bit better than the home form, really, when you look at the points picked up and general style of play, etc., home and away. Um, but, you know, Chippenham Tuesday night, I think Ian, again, would be happy to avoid defeat. Um, Slough, they'll be targeting Slough next Saturday at home at Clarence Park, 3 o'clock, I think, for three points. And, you know, one of the good things about having these games in hand is, you know, as long as you avoid defeat, you pick up a point, you're well in the fight. I think the Saints are only one point outside the playoffs now. Yeah which is a great position to be. But I say, with those games coming thick and fast, he's going to have to really rotate players. And, you know, will we see him bring in a couple of new faces in a couple of weeks, potentially? Right, well, let's let's talk about that now. So, um, there's been a little bit of activity in the transfer market. And we're, we're starting start things off at the back and work forward. Um, Alex Torkacic, and w- when I was commentating on the Hitching game the other night, it did just become Alex in the second half. Because <laughs> it, it was just quicker just to get that out. <laughs> um, so, first of all, he comes in. He's got a lot of um, league experience, hasn't he? He's quite an experienced goalkeeper. He has, yeah. He's um, he's he's certainly not young, and it's interesting that Ian has brought in someone like that, maybe an experienced backup. You know, this season when Michael Johnson was injured, obviously we had a lone keeper in yeah. from Reading, um, but before that we generally had sort of the academy goalkeepers on the bench. So I don't know if Ian just thinks he wants a more, you know, a figure on the bench he can trust a bit more, a bit of competition for Michael Johnson, who again, like a lot of the Saints, form really dipped in the last couple of months. But then on Saturday, he put on a brilliant performance against Maidstone. So maybe a bit of competition there. Of course, it's, it's not Alex's first time with the Saints. He was with us two, three seasons ago, just before, just before COVID, actually. Right. Um, and I remember he played again in the County Cup, I think, against Kings Langley and put in a really good performance that evening. So I think Ian likes him. I think it provides a bit of competition for Michael Johnson. And, you know, goalkeepers are such a specialist position. I think it's good to see them getting a bit of experience to back up Michael because... You don't want to be chucking, you know, one of the academy players into a National League South game. You know, it's a very tough thing for them to do. Yeah, and of course, there have been times this season where he hasn't put a goalkeeper on the bench. And so I think he probably thinks as he goes into this this final Mm. run, it's going to be more secure to actually have a keeper on the bench. Yeah, absolutely. And that Dulwich game I touched on earlier was one of those occasions we didn't have a goalkeeper on the bench. Tom Bender had to go in. And really, that was the only difference at the end because the Saints played so well, they deserved, you know, a point, if not three points from that. So I think Ian certainly learned from that experience. And if if you've got room for a goalkeeper on your bench, then put one on there. And as I say, it just prevents any sort of danger. Yeah. And of course, now moving forward a little bit into the defence, we've seen um, Avran Jones come on loan. Just tell us a little bit about him, Jake. Yeah, he's 19-year-old on loan from Luton Town. He's come through the academy... Um, 
system. I think he's been on the bench for the first team once or twice, and he's, he's very highly rated at Kenilworth Road. I know they really like him there, and he's come in online for the rest of the season, and he looks like a good signing, I think. You know, mm. the Saints have really been missing the specialist right-back since Devontae's yeah. terrible injury at Tombridge. You know, luckily Devontae seems to be on the men now. You, you see him at Clarence Park every home game. He seems to be well in good spirits, which is great. But, you know, we haven't had a right-back. We've had the likes of Joy McKenna, Dave Dijoux, Philin, etc. there. And, you know, Dave Dijoux's done brilliantly there. You know, again, the Forest Green game, probably the highlight for him at right-back. But you do need a right-back. You need a natural right-back. Avan Jones come in. He looks good. I think he's got a lot to learn. You can tell that he hasn't played much senior football so far. It's probably been a bit of a surprise for him. But I think it was good for him to get a clean sheet against Maystone on Saturday. He did well at Welling. Um, so he'll get used to being inside and playing with players around him. I think, you know, if we can have him at right back for the rest of the season, I think hopefully it will allow us to get back a sort of a settled back four that, again, maybe we haven't the last two to three months. Mm. And talking about that settled back four, so we saw Dave Diogu playing uh, centre-back with Callum yesterday and um, Tom Bender came back in. I mean, they've got so many options there. Perhaps Ian doesn't feel he needs to bring anyone in because Tom could move to the middle, Alex could go to the left, uh, John McKenna could come in. They, they seem to be covered, don't they, really? Yeah, they, they really do. I think, you know, there's a lot of options there. I think Ian, I, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if Ian has looked at maybe a sort of centre-half, potentially, you know, a big commanding one, someone like the Ilks of Charlie Vassmer, etc., potentially in that sort of mould of big, tall and commanding. Yeah. Probably we, we haven't necessarily had... But in saying that, against Maidstone on Saturday, Callum Adebayi played that exact role and he won almost every header he had, you know. So I think Ian, he's, he's had to rotate players have dropped out of form, etc. But I think he just wants them to build up some confidence and get back to used to playing together. You know, Joy McKenna's dropped out of form at the minute. So, there's lots of options, as you say. I think for Ian, it's just about trying to find, you know, a, a back four and a centre-back partnership that are working well together. So, you know, he's got plenty of chances to sort of rotate in the next couple of weeks and work out what he wants at the back. OK, and they've been playing this 4-2-3-1 formation. And so, looking at the midfield, I mean, with mm. the, the players that sit in front of Kyron Wilshire, and um, and Hugh Dawson to a, to a degree in there are really you know sort of interchangeable with Zane and Romeo and Johnny and they're just working so hard. Um, do you worry though that anything happens to them and then also happens to Sean Jeffers that we are going to be in trouble? I, yeah, I do. I think there's two areas for me. I think that, I'd say that attacking three behind Jeffers, maybe less so because you've got Liam Sol and Romeo Nolan that can, yeah. can, can come in off the bench, you know, potentially. So there is a couple of bodies there. For me, though, I think the real concern is, again, let's say if Sean Jeffers gets injured, or even if there's just some sort of plan B potentially to sort of back him up, but also central midfield. You mentioned Kyron there, Hugh, etc., and Bailey Brown. Yeah, but once you lose those guys. Yeah. And, you know, with David Noble at the moment, he's struggling for fitness. Mm-hmm. I know he's had a groin injury that he's hoping to get over soon enough, but, he's, you know, he's struggling. He's 40 years old now, you know. I think there's definitely something required in that central midfield. And, again, potentially, if you can get another ball-playing midfield in there, maybe the sort of direct football wouldn't be as common as it has been in the last couple of weeks if you can get someone in midfield that can play the ball and pass it around. So I think the central midfielders just need a little bit of help there, maybe another body to come in. And also, as you say, potentially back up for Sean because it's going to be a tough four months coming up. And if you lose Sean or if he needs a rest, what do you go with then? 
Exactly, exactly. Because I'll be honest, Sam Meeks has been fantastic in the Hearts Senior County League. He didn't look as effective against Hitchin, though, did he? No, you know, I like Sam. He did really well uh, away at Hartford in mm. December, just for Christmas in the County Cup. Got, I think, got at least one goal and assist. And, of course, he had a short loan period at Hitchin himself earlier in the season. I think he's looked good. I think he's just... It's it's about fitting him into the team and getting him a run of regular football. And I just don't think he'll be able to at the minute because he's not quite up to the level required. I think he will definitely be there maybe, you know, in a couple of months. But at the minute, I think, you know, he needs more academy football. He's got to be scoring goals consistently. And I think the Saints do need a slightly more experienced backup. You know, someone... You know, we're not going to get him, but someone perfect like would be a Sam Merson type figure to come off the bench and give yeah. a different option. So I'm sure Ian and his management team are out there doing a lot of scouting at the minute to see if they can find someone or even a low knee from the Football League that could potentially be a plan B option, provide some backup. And if they know where the back of the net is, happy days. Yeah, good stuff. Well, listen, Jake, um, before we let you go, we've just got to mention the podcast. As I said, um, um, when I was talk- we were talking off-air, that um, Kevin Mudd was on commentary with us on Saturday, and he was mentioning this episode that he was on. He did say it was half a bottle of red wine. He'd drunk. <laughs> um, um, just tell us about some of the recent additions um, that, uh, that you've put out there and what's coming up. Yeah, so A Pod Full of Saints, find it on, on YouTube and on Twitter as well. We sort of discussed the, the, the recent events at Clarence Park Dissect the Games. We also have a series of speaking to sort of former players and managers and chairmen. So the likes of Kevin Mudd, Jimmy Gray, former chairman Bernard Tomney. You can all find it on YouTube, put in a pod full of Saints. And we have weekly episodes talking about the Saints, dissecting the results. And with so much football going on at the moment, there's a lot to talk about. So yeah, find us on there and uh, give it a watch. Excellent stuff. And um, the next few games, do you think, as we said, it's the peaks and troughs throughout the season. It's through that uh, one of those one of those patches at this moment in time. Uh, what what do you see the next few weeks having in store for us? I think it's going to be tough, but I think the game against Maidstone has given a bit more confidence now. And Ian was really happy afterwards with just the way his players, you know, fought and battled, and that was so good to see. He sort of missed that recently, and I think the next couple of weeks it's going to be battling performances needed. But I think, you know, wait, a, wrote a point at Chippenham on Tuesday night yeah. tonight and then a win against Slough, and I think things would be looking a little bit better, I think. So, hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll get that. Excellent, Jake. Listen, thanks ever so much, and we'll catch up with you in a few weeks' time. Brilliant. Cheers, Johnny. This is the voice of local football. Well, that's it for this week. It's been brilliant to have you with us. Thank you very much for listening and tuning in. Don't forget, if you've just tuned in and missed part of the show, or you just want to listen to the whole show again, you can go to www.radioverulam.com and click on Listen Again to hear it all. Plus, this coming Saturday, we'll have full match commentary from Clarence Park of St Albans versus Slough Town, featuring co-commentary from St Albans goal-scoring legend Simon Martin.